Victory Podcast. What's going on, Titans fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Second and Victory Podcast. Hope you all are doing well. Um, it's it's about summertime, and I know we are all excited to kind of get the house and the pools are opening up, man. Time to take those vacations. We've been cooped up in the house for too long with COVID, so um, hope you guys are all doing well. Thanks again for listening. Uh, you are listening, to, like I said, the Second and Victory Podcast. Make sure to get us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Um, stop what you're doing again and subscribe to the podcast, um, rate five stars and all that good stuff. We are brought to you by the Broadway Sports Media Network, uh, broadwaysportsmedia.com. So make sure you guys go check that out for all your latest Titans news. Um, I know the Preds are about to start the playoff push. I know Chris and I are very excited about that. So get all your Preds latest news, Nashville SC, and much, much more. So broadwaysportsmedia.com. Um, but without further ado, we'll go ahead and get into this thing. Uh, it's just Chris and I tonight. Brett is off um, and out and doing some some fun stuff that he kind of late. But uh, just Chris, what's up, buddy? How's it going? Great. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, excited for uh, for the time of year. Yeah, man. Uh, excited for man. I'm traveling for work next week, which yeah. I haven't done in a year, almost a year and a half now. San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Uh, shout out friend of the pod, James, uh, South Texas Titan for Absolutely. some recommendations down there. Um, but yeah, heading to San Antonio for a few days next week. Um, excited. Cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's been a while. You haven't traveled at all during COVID? Well, I, we've taken a couple of just family trips. Gotcha. Um, you know, just me, me, the wife and daughter um, and stuff. But this will be the first work trip I've been on in, I think, since like January of last year. Because wow. all of all of my trips from March got canceled and then it just kind of nothing else got planned. So, yeah. Awesome. Crazy. Like you said, a lot to talk about, a lot of exciting stuff. We are now talking about this is after the Titans 2021 schedule was released. So we have a lot to talk about and break that down. Um, so we'll start with that. Um, this morning, we found out the first game. Ty woke up to, I think, a text from you actually saying, um, Zayvon Collins is coming to Nashville. And I was like, what is that? What is he talking about? Yeah. Um, I was like, do we trade for him? But um, no, the Arizona Cardinals are coming to uh, face the Titans week one, which is a very intriguing matchup. Listen, I'm a big I, I love the Cardinals. I love Kyler Murray. Um, I voted. I didn't vote. I bet on Kyler Murray to win MVP last year. He had great odds. Thought it would happen. Maybe I do it again this year. Um, they won me some money with their win total. So I was big on the Cardinals last year. Um, I might double down on them again this year, but it's a very intriguing matchup. So what do you think about that week one to start the season? It's a it's a super interesting matchup uh, for many reasons. Um, I think the biggest one is that we're going to get to see Malcolm Butler come back to Nissan Stadium right yeah. away, yeah. Uh, which is going to be very interesting. Uh, JJ Watt playing in Nashville again that you know right after uh, leaving the Texans, um, and then as you mentioned, uh, the sadness that I have to watch Zayvon Collins play right away in another uniform, um, but. You know, it's a uh, it's super interesting matchup. Awesome way to kick off the season, I think. It should be a really good game. Uh, that's a squad that's very up and coming. Yeah, they're excited. They play an exciting brand of football. Uh, Kyler is like like you said, one of the most electric players in the NFL. He's just so much fun to watch. Um, you got Nuke there. Um, yeah, it's just gonna be gonna be a fun matchup, I think. 
kind of in the grand scheme of things, going off what you said, it's going to be an exciting game. It's not getting talked about a lot right now um, with the schedule being released today. A lot of the week one games, there's some really good games that day. I can't lie. Um, the season starts Thursday night with the Cowboys at the Bucks. I know a lot of people are going to say, quit, get the Cowboys off of my TV, but the Cowboys are going to kind of be fun to watch this year. Dak's back. Yeah, I did find this super interesting. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, Austin. Um, the team that has the most bets so far on the spread in week one, the Tennessee Titans at two and a, minus two and a half. Uh, that's according to BetMGM on Twitter. Uh, so Titans are getting some money thrown on them early That's on. so surprising out of all yeah. the I, – I really Especially against, against an up-and-coming team too, you know. I would have thought it had been the Cardinals were getting the most money. I, I Just truly, that's very surprising to me that the Titans were getting the most money um, for week one games. So, yeah. love to see what that line looks like when the actual season starts. Um, but I don't I don't expect it to move too much, maybe three and a half, four points. Um, but I, I don't know why the, the Titans-Cardinals game isn't getting talked about a, a lot more than what it is, man. It's a pretty exciting game with two up-and-coming teams. Um there's Steelers, Steelers Bills that day. Um, probably the biggest game of the day that will be Browns Chiefs, um, Packers Saints, Bears Rams. There's some other little games here and there, like the Chargers and, and Washington team. I mean, that's gonna be a good game. So, and then you yeah, got, we're, start, we're starting the the season with a really interesting slate of primetime games too. Yeah, I don't know if you saw those Cowboys at Bucks on Thursday Night Football. Bears at Rams on um, Sunday night football. Uh, and then the one I think is the most interesting, the Ravens at Raiders on why Monday you, night football. Why do you think they did that? It's a, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, Bears at Rams is, is a wild one to me. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Both of those, like you could have switched out, the, put Steelers Bills there, Browns Chiefs. We, we obviously know why Thursday night football. It's Brady versus America's oh, beloved Dallas Absolutely. Cowboys. No doubt. Um, the, I was. I said that sarcastically, just right. to be clear. Right. Of course. No one. No one cares about the Cowboys anymore. Um, but you know the the Raiders Ravens matchup. Uh, I want to hit on it for a second. I think that is a um. This is that's going to be a prove it game. I think for Gruden, uh, you're starting the season off against a, another electric quarterback in Lamar Jackson, a really good defense in in Baltimore. Uh, Gruden, Gruden, uh, and and his team, his staff, made some interesting moves uh, with their roster this year. Uh, so I'm I'm really anxious to see what they look like in Game One on on primetime. I agree. Um, all right, moving on from that. So kind of break it down. We'll go we'll go through the schedule real quick. Um, week two, the Titans travel to Seattle to face the Seahawks. They have not done that. Chris, help me out here since. Uh, this is 2001. 14? Yeah, 14. I think so. I shouldn't even brought that up without knowing. Um, regardless, look that up, Chris, while we're doing that. Week gotcha. three, Colts at home. Week four, on the road against the Jets to face Corey Davis. Uh, so that'd be a fun game. Zach Wilson and that whole little new Jets team. Uh, week five, on the road against Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Titans get the first taste. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Urban Meyer regime. And this is where it we gets were, fun. We were a year off, 2013 for Titans at Seahawks. Okay, cool. I remember the 2017 game at home. Um, yeah. Titans, Titans beat that team. So that, that was a fun game as well. 
Um, so the Titans have three primetime games this season, starting October 18th at home against the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. That's a game that I'm very excited about. That's a game I will get tickets for, for sure. Yeah. Will, now, Chris, this is where the the run of games, kind of, I would say murder's row right here. This is where it would, the, the meat of the season right here in the middle is going to get, it's going to get dice at the Titans. This is kind of going to make the make or break their season, I believe, um, to kind of figure out who the Titans team is. So starting in week six, they face the Bills. Week seven at home against the Chiefs. Week eight on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. Week nine on the road against the Los Angeles Rams, which is Sunday night football, the second primetime game. And then back at home, November 14th against the New Orleans Saints. So for those that were putting all those dates together and the teams in their head, this is how it goes. Bills, Chiefs, Colts, Rams, Saints. Yikes. Does that Saints game really worry you, though, without well, Drew Brees? I, I mean, they, they do still I, have a good defense. It's I guess. too early to tell. They, I agree with you there. I don't know if they have a good defense. They have defensive playmakers. I was going to bring this up at some point. Every single year, there's teams that on the schedule are like, damn, it's a tough game, and they end up sucking that year. Will the Saints be that team? Will they take a step back? Will they regress? It's very possible. I think Will the possible. Titans be that team for a lot of other teams? Could they regress? It's possible. It's, possible. it's 100% possible. So there's, there's teams right now on the schedule where you're like, damn, it's a tough game, and they could absolutely just suck this year. Injuries, things like that happen. It's part of the game. Um but you're right, Chris. It's, it's way too early to tell. Just based off of last year, yeah, that's a that's a tough game. I've never said this on the podcast. Uh, I've told you this before. But with the Rams game, I think McVay is the most overrated coach in the NFL. You have said that. Um, they worry me because of Stafford, not sure. McVay. Sure, 100%. Um, I think Stafford with pieces around him, and he, he'll have them in L.A., you know. Um, yeah. That's a good wide receiving core, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Um, it's a good good squad. So, uh, that's a game that, that actually really worries me. Right smack dab in the middle of the season, too. Sure. No, I agree. Um, after that Saints game, Titans are back at home um, with the Texans on the road to face Johnny you, Smith. You have to wonder who the quarterback is going to be in that Texans game. Right, 100%. A lot of that Deshaun Watson buzz has kind of died down, uh, but yeah. it's, you know, it's still. But also he said he didn't want to, you know, there's uh, through the media he pretty much said he n doesn't want to play another down for the Texans. So. Right. And that's crazy. That in, in, in one offseason, we've heard about Russell Wilson wanting a trade. Deshaun Watson won in trade and Aaron Rodgers won in trade. Yeah. It's and wild. we saw Jared Goff and Matt Stafford get traded, swapped. Moved. Sam Darnold. I know yeah. that's not, you know, that's not the same. But just the, right. the, the, the quarterbacks is what I'm yeah. referring to, just, just moving like that. So, um, very wild. Um, November 28th, week 12, if you're following me still, uh, Johnny Smith um, will face the Titans back in Foxborough. So, um That'd be a fun game. Got to wonder By, if that's Mac Jones or or Cam Newton. True, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, helping me out. Geez. Yeah, it's a lot of that's a lot of uh, stuff to think about. Yeah, um, we'll talk about the draft here in a second. Bye week. That's what uh, does this concern you at all? The week thirteen bye week. I kind of like it. Yeah. Uh, getting getting a bye week right there near the end of the season, kind of helping get the team fresh heading into the playoffs. I think, you know, I feel like. I'd have to go back and look this up and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like the last few seasons, our bye week's been like in the first half of the season. Is that right? I, every now and I, I think it, it differs. Um, we had a late 
bye week. A couple years ago? Yeah. I think it was week 13, something like that, week 12. I don't mind it when you add another game to the mix as they are this year. Um, yeah. You know, you have five games to end the year now after the bye week. I, I would prefer like a week 11 or week 12 bye week. Week 13 is um, the last bye week, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So Titans is the last bye week. It's funny. It's You, you always kind of wonder what, how the league puts these schedules together um, and, and their thinking and logic behind the primetime games and the bye weeks and things like that. Yeah. I would love to be a fly on the wall in those meetings and, and whatnot. Um, all right, so the final five games of the year, Jaguars at home, week 14. December 19th, the Titans will go to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers on a noon game. I do like that. I'm glad it's not a primetime game, nothing like that, because the Steelers have had the Titans numbers uh, the last few years. So um, December 19th, that is uh, the Steelers. Uh, December 23rd, Thursday night football, the third, the last of the three primetime games, the Titans will play the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday night football to wrap up this Thursday night football season. Um, so two days before Christmas, that's a fun game, Chris. It is. Um, Trey Lance, I, actually Jimmy grew, G. I grew up a 49ers fan before the Titans came into existence. So uh, it's kind of a nostalgia game for me. Um, sure. I've, the last time this, uh, the Niners came to Nashville, I was at that game. So it's a game I'll make sure I'm at for sure. Um, really, really excited. I mean, again, another up and coming team. They were just in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, fun team to watch. If if they can stay healthy, uh, that should be a really fun matchup. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that game a lot at the end of the year. Thursday night football, that, that'll be fun. Um, and January 2nd um, will be the Dolphins at home. And then to wrap the season up, the Titans again are in Houston to finish the year. So, you know, one thing, usually we, we, one thing I do, I do want to note, because uh, you mentioned it just a few minutes ago, but Outside of the three primetime games and the uh, the away game against the Seahawks, it's noon kickoffs the yeah. entire season. Um, the Titans use, don't have awesome. really – yeah, they rarely have any afternoon games It's because of yeah. the central time zone. The, the, yeah. The, the, the NFL is always going to kind of put them at noon and not the 325 games that they can. Yeah. Um, which it's it's cool sometimes to have the 325 kickoffs, but then you're like, damn, I wish we were playing at noon today. Um, it's it's who we are. I guess whenever you think of the Titans, you think about a noon kickoff, so it doesn't bother me too much. It's always the primetime games. You, you kind of worry about, like, how many primetime games the Titans get this year. So three's good, and I like the three that they got. Yeah, and I like that. You. I like that we get each each of the primetime nights, um, Monday, Sunday, and Thursday. Yep. And I'm glad – hey, I will say this. I don't know if you noticed in the past, I'm tired of the Saturday games the Titans get. I'm glad yeah. they are not one of those teams. At the end of the season? Year. Yes, man. Yeah. I'm glad it's not them this year. That Lions game last year was fun. I went to that. Titans kicked their ass. But it's just a, like I don't want to find out two weeks before the Titans play on a Saturday or a Sunday. Like I want to know the yeah. schedule. They do still have the stuff. opportunity to be flexed. But, you know, 100%. hopefully, hopefully yeah. it doesn't come to fruition. Um, all right. So which game are you most excited for? Uh, definitely that Niners game. Um, okay. uh, you know, get, getting to see my my childhood team uh, play against the the team my my favorite sports team of all time uh, is is just a fun fun trip for me. Um, I, I've actually talked about at some point doing the away experience at some point and going to San Francisco when we play there. Uh, but getting to do it at home on a Thursday night football game uh, should be electric atmosphere. Um, should be a lot of fun. Super excited for that one. What about you? Mm. So I, I have tried to go to at least one road game a year. I uh, wasn't able to last year just because of COVID. Um, I went to 
that Thursday night game in Pittsburgh a few years back, went to uh, the Dallas game in Arlington a few years back, been to St. Louis when the Rams were there. Um, I've tried to go to Indy, just never worked out. But, man, I think I'm really going to try to make the trip to Seattle, to the Seahawks. Um, I have a really good friend I used to work with uh, back in college who is a diehard Seahawks fan. And I'm uh, going to try to to link with him and figure something out. He knows a lot of connections up there. So I'm going to try to do that and get, try to make Seattle that trip, man. But I'm just really excited for that whole DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown matchup, who has a better day that day. Yeah. Um, you know how close they are and, and the best of friends. So that's going to be really fun to kind of to watch. Uh, obviously, they guard each other, but regardless. Um, so I think and the Seahawks. Two of the, two of the best quarterbacks in the league right now in Tannehill and, and Russell Wilson going It should be a really good game. And I like that we're getting them so early. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a game. You're getting back-to-back NFC West teams. That's kind of interesting. Um, it is. But – Might be the best division in football. There's a lot of exciting teams the Titans play this year for just different reasons, a lot of different storylines. So, yeah. um, it's a good it's a good schedule. It's tough. But, I mean, if the Titans think who, who we think they are and who they think they are, then this is nothing to them and it's just another game. So, um, what, Ganger, which, which are you least excited about? I think we're both going to agree on this. Probably the Texans, just because there's not a whole lot going for them right now. Um, yeah, I think, home, actually, the, go ahead. Yeah, the home the, game. The Texans home game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the away game, at least it's the last game of the season. So uh, it could mean something to us. It probably isn't going to mean anything to them except a draft, a high draft pick. Right. Um, but, well, actually, do they even have a first-round draft pick next year? I don't think so. I don't think they do. Um, no. So – yeah, I mean, that Texas home game, November 21st, just nothing really excites me about that one. I'm much more excited about the the games around it. Saints, Pats, Rams, all this. Um, something else I don't want to look at. Is that there's no, no home stretch of more than two games and no road trip longer than two games. Yeah. So and, – And we do – what what is it? There's two road trips that are two games each. That's it. Yeah. Everything else is one offs. Um, and I, I believe so that's fun as well. The Titans preseason they play the um, Falcons and the Bucks. So maybe one of those teams is that's when the Titans um, do the whole practice with the opponent. Probably one of those teams yeah. with Arthur. You know, John Robinson and Jason Light. The Bucks GM are, are really good friends. So. I would assume if if it does happen, that's probably one of the two teams that they do it with. Yeah, and Rabel and Brady, obviously. One hundred percent. They might so. work them out. Yeah, all in all, I'm excited. I don't want to the whole just. And I guess we have to, Chris. Why not? Initial reaction. What are your thoughts on the record? Just from looking at it. Um. Oh man, it's early. It's um, super early. Super early. I'll yeah, preface this by saying I I don't think the offense is, and we talked about this also. I don't think the offense is. In, in just utter chaos like people want to insinuate it is. Yeah. Um, your stars are still here. Uh, you're replacing Corey Davis. You're replacing John. I, I think those are replaceable players, honestly. Um, I, I think we can match last year's 11, 11 and 5, which would be potentially 12, 12, and, 12, 12 and, five and 5 this year. Yeah. I'll go I'll, – I'll go the other way and just go 11 and 6. Um because I just do think, man, I, I, I'm with you. I don't think the offense regresses as much as people are thinking it will. 
Um, this was a top five offense last year. So if this offense is anything that, you know, if they go from 10 to 15, so it's still a really good offense. And, yeah. and if you, if you added the defense improving from, you know, bottom 10 to now middle of the road defense, this should make a really good team. Potentially so even better. If, yeah. if the rookies catch on quick. A hundred percent. So, um, yeah, 11 and six is where I'll go. And again, it's just, there's some teams that may be better than you think and maybe worse than you think as well. So you just, you have no idea what the record's going to actually look like and how teams will kind of shake out and whatnot throughout the year. So yeah. the Bills, the Bills could suck. The Seahawks could suck. The Chiefs could suck. You just have no idea, you know, how it's, how it's going to play out and injuries and all that kind of stuff. You just can't factor that in right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, just thinking about that, like all of these teams are pretty much a player, a player injury away from being yeah, awful. 100%. Like, obviously the chiefs lose Mahomes. Who Can you name their backup quarterback? Uh, is it, um, oh, he played last year. Uh, uh Chad Henney. I think it's Chad Henney. Okay. I think it's Chad Henney. Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams are just a one injury away with their with their players. I think the the thing about the Titans is that they're su- such a well rounded team that one injury doesn't cause detriment to the team. Sure, you know what I mean. They're they're still be competitive. Um, so yeah, I mean, I th- I think either one of our schedules, give or take, is is very very possible. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so we missed. I guess last week, the week before, um, had some things going on, so we could not talk about the draft. But let's kind of catch up on that now, Chris, and kind of talk about the Titans draft class and what that was and your your thoughts on it now. Um, I know <laughs> we did our mock draft, and we were completely off on that and just not even close to anything. I think one of us got got a player right. Is that right? Anybody did? Any of us get somebody right? I thought one. Uh, nobody did? No, I don't think so. I thought Brett did or maybe somebody to, did. I'd have to go look. We were way off. And I, I think we, we even said that on the podcast. Like, we have no idea what John Robinson is going to do. And he did nothing like we thought he would. So, um, yeah, completely off on that. But let's talk about it. Let's kind of start with the first-round pick, Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, the cornerback. Chris, we knew that Caleb Farley, if he was healthy, if all the medicals checked out, if, if he would have never had the back issue, he probably would have been a top-ten pick before J.C. Horn, before Patrick Sertan. But he falls to 22, and John Robinson thinks he has himself a steal. What was your initial reaction when the Titans drafted Caleb Farley? Uh, John Robinson is a risk taker. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, we, we saw him do it with Jeff, Big Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, he's not afraid of, of a player's if – if he trusts – if there's somebody in that building that John Robinson clearly trusts, it's his medical staff. Yeah, no kidding. Um so we we do know that they had physical hands on Caleb Farley, unlike a lot of teams who apparently were just going by what the NFL told them. Um, I guess based on combine check checkups and stuff, right? Um, yeah. But our our from from everything we know, John Robinson had doctors. Our our team doctors sent there um, to to inspect him firsthand, and and they're comfortable with it. Um, Apparently, the second procedure was super minor, uh, according to things I've read um, on Twitter and such. But, I mean, the, the kid is fast, Austin. Super fast, Chris. Super fast. Um, 
and he's I physical, sure. man. He's he's a dog. He's not he afraid to, to just. He's not afraid to to be physical with with the we, best wide receivers. We Can you imagine him? Go ahead. We kind of heard it right away, but um, I, I think it was Mike Griff tweeted and said uh, "Court 2.0" in yeah. reference to Courtland Finnegan. Think about the practices with him and AJ Brown. They're gonna go at it, dude. Think about that. I mean, he's got hey. the size to compete with anybody in the league. Yeah, in the speed, iron sharpens iron, iron right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's going to be really interesting to see his progress. Um, I mean, it seems like he's already, you know, running and stuff. I don't, I don't think there's any like concerns really. I, I think he's with clear. The Titans. I, I, I agree. think so too. I mean, I it really clear. seems that way. Um, I know. I what was it? They said four months for total recovery from the time of his surgery, and that was in February. Yeah. So, I mean, really, he's already three months into that. If that's the case. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if, if Caleb Farley in, in the NFL is healthy and plays up to expectations, he, it's a, the steal of the draft. I Easily. 100% agree. Like, I think Easily. Caleb Farley could be a all pro pro bowler for many, many years. Yeah. Um, but he could also miss many, many games. So we just, yeah. Your fingers are crossed. You're hoping that John Robinson made the right move and, and is taking another risk like he did with Jeffrey Simmons, and it's going to pay out like Simmons has yeah. so far. So Yeah, Simmons. I think Simmons only missed games were COVID list last year, right? I think like, so. I don't think there's been an injury. He's been uh, fairly healthy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, And the cool thing, too, he gets guys that want to play for the Titans. And Caleb Farley, if you've watched any interview from him talking to Mike Keith, videos or whatnot, he's all about this Tennessee Titans. The video at Nissan Stadium was incredible. It gets you fired up for him. Yeah. And and, and he's a a young guy who's – obviously he's gone through his his, uh, personal injuries. Uh, He lost his mom uh, his freshman year of college, I believe, not long after he tore his ACL. Lost his mom to cancer, if I'm not mistaken, and he's a guy that that has overcome trials and tribulations. Uh, he's, I, I don't, I don't have any doubt that he's going to come out on the right side of this back injury. Yeah. Uh, he's going to work work his tail off to to get back to who he is. He's fast. He's impressive in his coverage skills. He's a playmaker. I mean, he's everything you want in a in a man to man corner. It's so funny too, and it's it. I hate the whole draft grade bullshit after the draft from different yeah. analysts. Like, who who cares? How do you know this? You're grading a pick. Um, you have no idea how the player's going to be. Um, there's so many. If you saw multiple from different uh, outlets, the Titans get an A. They get a B. But then you have people who give the Titans a C minus, D plus. I, somebody gave us an F. I don't remember like, what it was. And it's the I, I trust people like Daniel Jeremiah who. I, I respect his opinions, and he loved Caleb Farley. He thought he was a top five pick in the draft. Yeah. Um, loved him that much. So, I'm not saying that just because we got Caleb Farley. I I reacted. I hated it at the time because I was – you know I me, mean, I was so set on Elijah Moore, yeah. the wide receiver, that I was my, – my focus was there, getting Elijah Moore or wide My receiver. disappointment came in not trading back. I wanted – That I wanted too, yes. more ammunition. Um. I liked Elijah Moore, but I, I said it on the on the pod. Like I, I thought a trade down and then Elijah Moore was the right answer. And clearly that would have been right because he didn't go till the second round. Yeah. Uh, but disappointment that Zayvon Collins wasn't there. Uh I'm sure John Robinson loved him. He's the type of player that 
uh, just fits what the Titans look for. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, a couple weeks after the draft, I'm stoked about Caleb Farley. No doubt. I am too. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm behind I'm behind that pick a lot more now. Um, all right, so round two, the Titans had there's some players on the board still, Chris. Um, there's guys like, um, I'm sorry, pull back up here. Oh yeah, here it is. Sorry, um, Pat Fryermuth. Um, there's Terrace Marshall Jr. Um, Carlos Basham Jr. Carlos Basham, Boogie Bash. There's some there's some players on the board still, and the Titans decide, hey, we messed up last year. John Robinson knows it's a scar on his. Uh, it's, it's a bad look, uh, Isaiah Wilson. So the Titans still need a right tackle. So they go get North Dakota State's Dylan Ray Duns. Um, didn't hate the pick, Chris. To be honest with you, I thought this was one of the I better tackle, better tackles in the draft. Um, I'm pretty sure this kid's never given up a sack. Oh, really? I think that's the stat that, that I, I saw. It's either he, I would, he, the thing. Here's what I like about Dylan Ray Duns. He's a guy that's going to be blocking for the best running back in football. Right. Okay. This is a guy that needs to cover ground. This guy is one of the most athletic offensive linemen to ever step foot in the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, if you've ever checked it out uh, at math bomb on Twitter, uh, they, they give uh, relative athletic scores uh, for all the NFL uh, draftees. He has a 9.28 out of 10. Uh, that puts him uh, in elite composite agility grade, sure. uh, an elite composite explosion grade. Uh, uh, it's just the the here's the thing: out of since 1987, there's been 1,143 offensive tackles uh, who fell eligible for this. He ranks 83rd wow. since 1987. Wow. Uh, dude is athletic. Uh, he's as athletic as it gets at offensive tackle. So. I went to Hooters. <laughs> I can't believe I just said it on the podcast. I went to Hooters uh, for that Friday night for the draft. Dude, when's the last time you went to Hooters? Uh, college, dude. <laughs> probably. Like we it's been we, a long time. We thought about different places here in Murfreesboro to go, and my buddy was like, "Hey, you went to Hooters?" And I was like, "Man, that doesn't sound too bad." So I went to Hooters, got some beer, got some wings, and watched the the second round. And um, he was like, "Who do you want here, man?" And I was like. Terrence Marshall Jr. is still on the board. I said, Boogie Bash is still there. I said, I wouldn't be mad at the tackle. And they go dealing with Radons. And so I wouldn't. He was like, you're mad. I was like, no, Titans need a tackle. And this is one of the better tackles in the draft. So I was not too upset about it. I'm going to get to something here in a second. But at the same time, Chris, here's who went ahead right ahead of Dylan Radons. J.O.K., who we liked a lot. Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa from Notre Dame. I think that was probably a pick that John Robinson liked. Um, and I think the Browns traded up for that as well. You remember that? Yeah, and I think we even tweeted or text uh, that we both thought that they probably that, jumped us for. They him. would have had to have known that that, that, that John Robinson wanted him. That would have been a really nice piece um, as well. Sam Cosme from Texas went before that. Aziz Ojulari, and then Rondell Moore were like the five picks before that. So all players and positions the Titans needed. Um, maybe that's the reason they go Dylan Radon's there because the, the run on tackles kind of started in yeah with Dylan Radon. So because I think between 39 and and we had 53 there, you had what five offensive tackles, I think, go off the board in that period of time. So from 39 to 52, five went off the board. Yeah. So I mean at that point, like 
there's a run and you yeah. gotta get you gotta get in that run if that's a if that's a player you covet. So and I think that's probably the guy that 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 John Robinson liked the most. He comes from from North Dakota State who he just blocked for Trey Lance, a running quarterback, a running offense, a lot of play action. So I it, I think it made the most sense and I was very happy with that pick. Now the Chris, let's go to the third round. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, one more thing. That he is a player that they uh spent one on one time with at the senior bowl as well. Uh, and, and they came away. That's they, something they we haven't mentioned. Super impressed. All these guys the Titans drafted came from the Senior Bowl. Except Most of them Farley. all. Yeah, except, except Farley. Farley. Most of uh, them. So, which makes sense. Obviously, Caleb Farley couldn't play. Um, they the Titans went to the Senior Bowl, met with all these guys, had their, their some one on one time with them, and I guess they really it, appreciate that. And it makes total sense because where else are they going to get that one on one time uh, with the COVID protocols and all that? You know what I mean? So. They they really took advantage of of their interactions at the Senior Bowl and found players that they they liked and coveted. So the third round, Titans had the eighty fifth pick at the time. When that time comes, there's some guys that went right ahead of the eighty fifth pick that I think John Robinson really had his mind made up on. Here's who they are, and I, in my opinion, I could be totally wrong about this. I, yeah, I agree. At eighty one, Hunter Long, the tight end. At hundred two, at eighty two, Dami Brown, the wide receiver. At eighty three, Tommy Trimble <clears throat> from Notre Dame, the tight end. So those are three guys that at the time I was like, Titans will get one of these guys, and then Hunter goes, and I'm like, okay, crap. Dami goes, shit. Tommy Trimble, when I was like. What is happening right now? Yeah. And so at that time, the Titans trade back with the Green Bay Packers and they go to the 90 for, uh, 92nd spot. And the Packers end up taking Amari Rodgers, which had Titans fans thinking, this is go get Amari Rodgers. Like, you need a wide receiver, go get him. And they had, they had other thoughts. So they trade back to 92 and go get a guy, Chris. I've never heard of this guy in my life. I'm not going to lie to you. Monty Rice from uh, Georgia, a linebacker in the third round. I was shook. Could not believe that was a pick. Yeah, you were pretty upset. Um, I pretty much immediately uh, – I have a, a, a good friend who is a Georgia grad, a Georgia season ticket holder, um, and I was like, tell me. Tell me whatever you can tell me right now. Uh, really good really good review on him. Um, he said he was a leader on and off the field, involved in the community, uh, lightning quick on the field from the linebacker position. Um he was the team captain, I believe. Um, and, and one of the th key things is he was also, and this, is, if you know anything about the SEC, this is kind of important when it comes to the leadership role and, and how your coaches view you. He was the one sent to speak on the team's behalf to SEC media days. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy that, that is going to lead, uh, lead by example, lead, just be a leader on the field. Um, he seems to be the type that's going to be involved in the community. Uh, he's pretty much what you want in a, in a, in a green dot, right? I mean, yeah. um, and, and maybe that's what he becomes quickly. Um, I know some people have talked about him being a, a starter day one. Uh, he's going to have to earn the job over two incumbent starters and Rashawn Evans and J.R. Brown. Um, I, the only way I truly see it happening is if they do what they should have done a long time ago, and made Rashawn Evans uh, a edge rusher. But uh, that's an, a, a conversation for another day that we've had on other days. So um, I'm kind of excited about him uh, after after seeing some more on him. He's quick, man. He's got he's got some some fluidity to his movement. 
Um, uh, he he might be a really solid solid cover guy out of, so, out of the the inside linebacker position. Couple things. One, can we really trust Georgia players? Two, we just got burned by a Georgia player. Three, we got burned by two Georgia players. Vic Beasley as well. Oh no, he played at Clemson. Never I was like, wait, yeah, I was, I was, I was cross referencing Atlanta. The Falcons, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Um, the third thing, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Monty Rice went to a Braves game a few nights ago. Yeah, I saw that and said, um, "Pick me up, Braves. I quit football." Okay. Yeah. It was things. clearly a joke. 100 percent Chris, but you can't play with Titans fans. Read exactly. Room, read the room. <laughs> you cannot play with Titans fans' emotions right now. There's somebody who, yeah. who we just signed, just drafted a year ago. And there's no doubt Which, he knows exactly what went down with Zion. So. He was teammates with him. Like, I mean, yeah. he's got to be friends with him in the locker room in Georgia. Um, so I did not love the pick, but again, Chris, this is this these things happen where you don't love picks at the time. These guys turn out to be somebody you love a year from now, two years from now. Yeah. And I'm going to be eating my words about Monty Rice. I hope that is the case. But just right now, I thought at the time, if you, if you, I mean, the board wasn't beautiful. There wasn't anybody on the board the Titans truly had to go get. So maybe John Robinson knew that. I mean, a lot of cornerbacks went after uh, Monty Rice, um, a couple linebackers. So yeah. nothing- I, uh, I- yeah, the way you were talking about Dan Jeremiah, you know, is the way I feel about Matt Miller. Uh, yeah, same. Big Matt Miller fan. Here's what he had to say about uh, the pick right after it happened. Titans get an excellent leader in Monty Rice. Exceptionally high football IQ and leadership grades. Injury affected my rankings of him. He's stout at the point of attack. That's what you want out of an inside linebacker. Yeah. Uh, all of those things. That is a, a green dot, a leader on the field, and, and hopefully it plays out. Hey, real quick side note. We're going to pause the draft talk. Um, the Falcons tweeted something tonight. Very interesting, Chris. Uh, their 2021 schedule without a picture of Julio Jones. Really? So, Titans, Julio to the Titans is confirmed. Quit, quit getting this Quit getting this fan base riled up. So, uh, anyway, back to the uh, regular schedule programming. Um, all right, so here's the pick I'm more excited about of the entire draft, and that is at pick 100. Titans go and get another cornerback, Elijah Molden from Washington. We talked about him a few podcasts about the draft leading up to it. Um, I know when Rhett was on, we talked about Elijah Molden. He's a guy that I don't know how he fell to the third round. Um, there is, there's also not a guy that went after him that I would want over him. God, no. Absolutely uh, not. Absolute stud. Uh, the the slot Jedi, as his coaches call him, uh, I loved it. I mean, what a freaking awesome pick at 100 in the third round. There's a, there's a few cornerbacks that went before him that I'm thinking, is, are they really better than Elijah Moore? Yeah, I mean, right before him was Nashawn Wright to the yeah. Cowboys. Like, I have not heard I, – I follow the draft stuff pretty well. I have – I don't know anything about Nishan Wright. I'm pretty sure, like, when we did the whole uh, – the mock draft, uh, the draft network mock drafts, like, he was going, like, sixth, seventh round. But yeah, disclaimer, like, how correct is the mock draft? Like, what exactly do they know, the right. mock draft machine? You can't really gauge that. But that's where he was going in those. Just want to throw that out there. But he was in the third round. Um, but, dude, I absolutely love the Elijah Molden pick. I listened to him on 104.5, The Zone, here in Nashville. Um Last week, last Friday, he was on with Buck Rising. Uh, no free shout-outs, Buck. And um, just a solid dude, stand-up guy. He said that he and his fiance 
um, sat down and they looked at all the cities and they said, babe, he said, babe, which city do you most want to move to? You say it first and I'll say mine. And she said, Nashville. And they, he like flipped a piece of paper over and he said Nashville too. That's it. It's pretty cool, right? So I think that was very cool that he said he had the most talk with the Titans um, during the entire draft process. Had a feeling that they would draft him, but he didn't. He also said, I didn't think I would, you know, last as long as I did. Yeah. Um, so he's very happy but, to hear another guy that I think is a very, very solid piece of that secondary to go with Janoris Jenkins, Caleb Farley. Uh, Christian Fulton and now Elijah Molden. Chris, that's a very I, solid cornerback. I group. mentioned it about Farley, but I've also seen Elijah Molden compared to Cortland Finnegan a lot. Yeah. Uh, so you got, we just drafted two Cortland Finnegans. How could you be mad about that? Um, I think he only failed because he probably is a dedicated slot guy, right? Sure. Uh, he's a, he's a guy that can probably play uh slot right away for you. I think he could be a day one starter. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that cornerback room shakes out with two high draft picks and, you know, two top three round draft picks and Elijah Molden and Caleb Farley. Plus you had a Janoris Jenkins. Plus you have a second round pick in Christian Fulton next year. Like somebody's the odd man out in that group. Um, personally, I think, I think what you probably do is if, if Farley's ready day one, it's Farley and Jenkins on the outside, Fulton in the slot, and then Molden playing that, uh, that dime roll. That, that Amani that Amani Hooker, that Amani Hooker role from from twenty twenty prior yeah. to to becoming the starter, uh, you got to fill that slot. I mean, uh, Amani Hooker was a very valuable role player on the defense uh, with when uh, when Kenny Vaccaro was healthy. Um, so you got to fill that role too. So they're all going to get on the field. Uh, it's just you know kind of curious how how that room will shake out, who the starters become. Um, I think the only one locked in at starter right now is Janoris Jenkins. I agree. Um, back in March, the secondary looked very deplete. Kind of wondering what, what's next. You lose Adore Jackson. You lose Malcolm Butler, um, Kenny. Christian Kenny Vaccaro, uh, and you know you're left with Kevin Byard, uh, Christian Fulton, and Amani Hooker. Still solid a trio right there, but. Um, then you go and get Janoris Jenkins, Kayla Farley, and Elijah Molden. I'm confident in that group once again. Um, it's, a, very, it's a very young, physical group. It's a more talented yeah. uh, secondary room right now than it was last year. Is it a better secondary room? I don't know. But I think there's a lot more talent uh, talent in that. And, and I think, you know, and we've heard everybody talking about this, the key thing is every one of those guys were man to man covers. Yeah. Um, so John Robinson has put the players in place that he knows can do the things that Vrabel wants the secondary to do, and that's man to man coverage. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, all right. So we'll fly through these. Fourth round comes, and the Titans trade up to get a wide receiver. And at the time, there was Amon Ross St. Brown on the board, Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State. And that's the guy we both liked. Yeah, that's who I thought it was. I was like, it's got to be, yeah. be him. Of course not. No. John Robinson is somebody that we've never heard of again. Des Fitzpatrick, a wide receiver from Louisville. After the pick, of course, I go watch his highlights and, and kind of read up on him. Again, a senior bowl guy. And still don't know a whole lot about Des Fitzpatrick. 
Um, but I can't say it's one of the worst picks in the world. I've seen, no, I've seen, I mean, he's, seen worse. Got, he's got kind of the skill set that it seems the Titans really like at wide receiver. Uh, he's got the build that the Titans want at wide receiver, clearly, yeah. uh, based on who they have and who they went and got. Um, it, he, he could be a day one contributor. I don't, he's not, I don't think he's a starter right away by any means. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting piece. I think, I think he, uh, he could be a long-term piece here for sure. Yeah. So after that pick, I started texting you guys and other friends. I was like, edge has to be next. They have to go get somebody to rush the passer next. Right. That was my yeah. hope. At least that was probably the only thing I got right during this was not the player, but just the <laughs> position. Seriously. I just, I was like, it has to be edge. Right. So yeah. the next pick in the end of the fourth round, pick 135, they do go edge and it's Rashad Weaver. Um, and without going, kind of going in, in too much into it, just talk about the player, Chris, the pick. I, Rashad Weaver is one of the guys that we talked about in the draft process, the draft podcast leading up to it. That's who I liked. I like one of those in the later round, fourth, fifth round. That's who I wanted. So for them to actually get him was very cool. Um, I knew he was on the board when the Titans picked. I was like, I would love Rashad Weaver right here. And it happened. Um, I th- so I think Rashad Weaver is the better of the two teammates. Yeah, Patrick uh, Jones and, and him. Patrick Jones, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I was kind of surprised that that Jones went over uh, Weaver. Uh, and Patrick super, Jones went high too. Yeah, uh, big body. Yeah. Um, he, he's he's he kind of fits that like you and and I've heard Matt Miller talk about that like this is what the Titans want opposite a guy like Landry is a big body, uh, big body edge that can take up space but also can can shift. And that's, that's exactly what he is. He's a guy that can shift, put his hand in the dirt. Uh, he can play on the edge, uh, opposite Landry or, you know, even, even, um, slide inside if he needs to, he's a, he's a built dude. So after the draft is over, um, Rashad Weaver, um, is files are charged against Rashad Weaver for, um, domestic assault. Um, without going too much into it, not a whole lot of details are out yet. Um, it happened before the draft, and um, you know, not a whole lot to say about it. Um, just from reading Paul Kaharski stuff, Chris, you can kind of elaborate on this too. But Paul Kaharski did some digging and and asked a few scouts from different teams, and what he found is that three teams knew about the incident before the draft, and three teams did not, and that's including the Titans. So, you know. Should have John Robinson have known? Maybe. Uh, but he probably did all his due diligence and, and kind of did not – was it a scout, was it the scout's fault for not looking into it? Was it was it John for not kind of giving one more um, check through all the players that he had circled on his draft board? Um, I have no idea. But as of now, Rashad Weaver's a Titan. He was at rookie minicamp, and, and, and that's that. So there's nothing more to kind of be said about that. No, agreed. Uh, it's, it's not our place to judge. It's the legal system, so – We'll see what comes of it. Um, like you said, he's in camp. Excited to see what he can do, and, and hopefully all this gets put behind him quickly. I agree. It's just, you know, fans overreact, and, you know, they want to talk about it. it's another bad look on John Robinson getting all these, you know, players who waste a draft pick and things like that. Um, but, you know, John even said he came out and said we did not know. We, had no, we, did, we didn't know about this. Um, so they'll look into it and kind of do their whole – investigation and, and kind of let it play itself out. So that's that. But Rashad Weaver with the uh, 135th pick. So, um, like I said, again, I didn't hate the pick at all. Was, was a fan of it. So 
Um, all right, so the Titans waited a while to pick again, and they go and get – Yeah, 80 picks, I think, right? Dude, it was a minute. It was yeah, a minute. Uh, I got it right here, 135 to 205. 80 yeah. picks. And they go and get one of the best names in the draft, um, Racy McMath, a wide receiver from LSU. And, and I mean, all the receivers that have came through LSU the last couple of years, uh, Jamar, uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Terrence Marshall Jr. Nobody talked about Racy McMath, but this boy's got some wheels, Chris. Yeah, he's a speed wheels. demon, and he's big too. He's got wheels, and he's big. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, he was buried on that LSU depth chart. I mean, uh, he's six three, two twenty four. Uh, just to verify that. Um, big big body, speed demon. Uh, he, he'll probably contribute special teams right away. A gunner, I would think. Uh, I wonder if he can do any returns. I don't know if – did he return at LSU at all? Um, I'm not sure. But, you know, hopefully he's a guy that can develop. Uh, the My favorite thing I saw uh, was on Reddit right after we drafted him, and somebody said, uh, racing at math, I think that's speedy McAlgebra. Uh, <laughs> I just found that really funny. It's stupid, but it's so funny. Um, but the the racing at math pick uh, – I think that's the kind of pick you go for in the sixth round, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's a guy who hasn't really lived up to the 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 promise of his physical abilities, um, but you you get some some good coaches on him. Hopefully, he can do something. There weren't a whole lot of receivers left after after that. Um, there's some there, there's a few that went right before Racy, um, yeah. but after that, there's a guy that I liked a lot in college last year, Daz Newsom from North Carolina. Would have been happy with him. I think that um, the Seth Williams went not too long after him. Seth did, yeah. It's a guy um, we talked about on the pod. A, a few others as well. But, yeah, I, I, we'll have to let it play itself out. The Titans go, dude, they get two receivers, but nobody that we had our, our radar on. So, yeah. Um, racing me math. And then to finish the draft up just a few picks later, uh, the Titans go out and get one of the – Another great name. Another great name, Brady Breeze. Uh, a yeah. safety from Oregon. And I actually do know a little bit about Brady. Uh, one of my better friends is a diehard Oregon fan and told me a lot about him. His wife has a huge crush on Brady Breeze. So <laughs> I knew a little bit about him. And I know he balled out at the end of the year, uh, played really yeah. well in the Pac-12 championship game and some other games before that. So yeah, I knew a little Pat, bit about he was, him. He was uh, MVP of the, the championship game, right? Yeah. So I knew just a little bit about him. And uh, I, I told him, I texted my buddy. I was like, hey, guess who just got drafted? And he's like, who? I said, Brady Breeze. He said, he called me. He said, the Titans drafted Brady Breeze? I said, yeah. He said, dude, you're lying. I said, go look. So he could not. <laughs> he was so excited about that pick. So I think he's somebody, too, who can mess well in the secondary. Um, yeah. The Titans beat he, that secondary he, up, man. He didn't really get any playing time until uh, this last year. Yeah. Uh, he Mainly a special teams guy. And then. He got thrust into a, a you know a starter role finally, and and like you said, he balled out. Uh, you know the I think he he was responsible for three turnovers in that game, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and was MVP. Um, it's just I mean he's he's the kind of guy again six round you take a bet on a guy like that. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. And like you said, a special teams guy. I think a lot of these guys in Titans drafted could be that uh, racing yeah. math Brady Breeze. You, you find your home on teams through special teams and then tighten, you know, that's when teams kind of use you in other places. You've, you've earned your spot to play the defense, to play the offense, but these late round guys have to earn their stripes and, and play special teams. So all in all, dude, it wasn't my favorite draft the Titans ever had, but I didn't hate it either. And I think a lot of these guys, the Titans drafted, they've, they've done their homework on, they've scouted, made it at the senior bowl. Um, and they're going to come yeah, and, and prove, I, again, prove themselves. 
I think that's really key is that these are guys that we know that they've had hands on. Yeah. We know that they've met, you know, in person with, so. And just looking at the board right here, uh, a couple shout outs, uh, 615 Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee shout outs. Jacoby Stevens here from uh, Murfreesboro went to Oakland High School, got drafted a few yeah. picks later by the Eagles. And then the good story, we, we were keeping up with you on the last day, Chris, Trey Smith from Tennessee, just yeah. hoping he'd get drafted. Um, all the medical issues that, that he had and, uh, I'm glad he made himself on a really good team with the Chiefs. It's a loaded offensive line room that they have, so hopefully he can find a home there and, and stay a couple of years and, and, and kind of get some playing time. But I'm happy he's in the league. Uh, and a guy that I was surprised didn't get drafted in the later rounds was Robert Jones from MTSU. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins, I think Dolphins really got a, a, a steal as, as a UDFA in him. Uh, I think he makes that team for sure. I hope so. Um, did Reed Blankenship get picked up? Uh, no, he's a he stayed in school another year. Did he? Yeah, he took he advantage really? of that. Yeah. When did that happen? Uh, you know, I honestly didn't know about it until like a few weeks before the draft, and I was like, "Wait, why is Reed Blankenship not showing up on this list?" And uh, one of our oh. attorney brothers, Austin, uh, I was texting him, and he was like, "Oh, he's he's coming back for another year," and I was like. I guess well, I he had never, no idea. He must have never hired an agent or something that was able to come back. Okay. Um, I had the assumption he was in the draft. Yeah. Same. But I, hopefully he solidifies himself a little bit more next year because that's a guy that's faced injuries, but he could be a stud. No doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah, man. I, I'm it's Some exciting times right now for the Titans. Um, schedule came out. Drafts over. It's just kind of the next part of just offseason stuff, man. Getting these guys in the in the in the building and um, learning the playbook. And I think there's still still some things that could happen roster wise. I, I think is there's it, I think there's at least one more wide receiver added to this roster, whether it's but through trade. Is it Julio Jones, Chris? That's what I want to know. Answer me that question. I don't think is so. it Julio. All right. So. so where does the where does the the perception of the Titans go from right now? On, and, and if they get Julio Jones, like, are they Super Bowl contenders? Are they yeah. all, dude? Fair. Then why wouldn't you make that move? I mean, because the money. <laughs> That's true. He's he's got a he's got a hefty hefty contract. If okay. he can work something out, but here's the other question: What do you trade for him? It, I mean, he's thirty three, right? Is that yeah. right? Yeah, thirty three. If the Falcons said, "Give me a third, yeah, you do that. One hundred percent, you do that. Is Art going to be like man? Do you do it for? Do you do it for a second? Is there a bidding war for Julio Jones? I think so. Yeah, one hundred percent. I yes, yeah. The Titans have a glaring need at wide receiver two. You pair Julio with with his how many years protege and AJ Brown? How many years does he have left? Do you think AJ or uh, Julio? I'd say three. (laughs) AJ, hopefully a decade. Three for Uh, Julio. You think so? You yeah. think three? I think you're probably right at three. Uh, three. But we've also seen how how fast some of those wide receivers fall off, man. Like, I, I, I feel like AJ, Andre Johnson, like, fell off a cliff. Quick. Andre, A.J. Green, um, Fitz. It happens, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's a risk, but, I mean, do, do, you, do, you, do you take the risk? For a third, I say absolutely. You figure out the money. Push push all those contracts into 2022. I don't care. The Titans aren't going to try to first-round pick Julio Jones. Julio Jones right now in his career is not worth the first-round pick. You don't do that. 
and, and, a third. And I, I honestly think if there were two teams, if the Titans and another team were offering the same compensation, I think Art would swing it toward the Titans. I mean, that dude had, listen, that dude would not be where he's at without the Titans investing in him. And he knows it. You know what I mean? Like, he has a loyalty to this organization. Absolutely. And he always will. He's always welcome back here. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think I, but that, I think it I think a trade is possible. That's I really though. think it's possible. Julio huh? not on the on the wallpaper, that's telling. That, that is that, telling. That's yeah, saying and, something. And when you said that, I went and looked through their feed and yeah, that he's like on none of the graphics. None of the graphics. Yeah, it speaks volumes. And Ridley's on one of them too. I saw. Ridley so, is, yeah, yeah. Young yeah, Hulk I mean that, that kind of stuff speaks volumes. But and we've seen, you know, we've seen that kind of stuff happen before, and then a player gets traded. So, it, is it to the Titans? I hope so. It'd be amazing. I saw someone on Twitter, and I, I'm, I, I wish I could shout this person out because it was a great breakdown. I do not remember who it was, but they broke down. Uh, some of the key losses, and they had graphs and all this kind of stuff. It was a great post, uh, or tw- you know, a series of tweets. Um, but one of the names they threw out as a as a wide receiver that the Titans should trade for, and Austin, I know you're going to love this because I loved it. Was Richie James? How funny oh! would that be? You I mean, we've seen Richie. we've seen Richie ball out when given the opportunity in San Francisco. So. I would love that. I would even love the rumors of Anthony Miller. Would love that. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love. I loved Anthony at Memphis. Yeah. Um, he's a guy I'd love too. He's last year of his deal, so uh, you can still get him cheap, probably. I just so. think the Titans need somebody a nice compliment to AJ and Josh. I do think Josh Reynolds is going to come in to make a decent impact. I don't think he's going to be a, a bum by any means or a stud by any means, but he's going to come I, in and, and do his job. I, I've texted you this, but I think quarterback makes up the difference i think so too and the there's a gap between his 2020 stats and Corey davis's 2020 stats and i i truly think ryan Tannehill makes up most of that difference and josh is here on a one-year deal i think i think he wants to come in and make make it known that hey i want to be for a while like i want to i want a contract contract i don't want just a one-year deal anymore yeah um and kind of make a name for himself and, and 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 be a solidified piece in an offense so um, he's got a lot of, to, to play for, but if you can go and, and if there's, and I think too, uh, here in a few weeks when, when roster cuts happen after that June 1st deadline with when, when contracts and all that kind of stuff play itself out, there could be some other receivers that drop. Um, I think I heard a rumor of Jamison Crowder. Wouldn't hate that by any means. No. Um, just to pick him up. So yeah, there, there could be a, lo- a lot of wide receivers cut I've heard. So I, that the, the roster cut downs are going to be super interesting this year with a, with a lower salary cap and all that. Um, really anxious to see how the rest of this all season plays out. I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, we'll always have that kind of stuff on this podcast. So make sure you do subscribe and listen uh, to the Second of Victory podcast. We're on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Um, we post these every, every Friday. Sorry, over here we're doing a Wednesday night podcast, but uh, we do these every 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 for Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. God, say, sorry, these on Thursdays. Jeez, so every Thursday. Um, but make sure you get us on Twitter at Second and Victory, and uh, always on BroadwaySportsMedia.com. For Chris Carter, I'm Austin Nelson, and uh, Brett Bachelor will be here next week with us. Thanks for listening, and always tighten up. Tighten up.